You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. I'm delighted that on Preaching Source today, our guest is my immediate superior in my chain of command here at the seminary. He's Dr. David Allen Dean of the School of Preaching at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he's also a distinguished professor of preaching. He holds the George W. Truett Chair of Pastoral Ministry here, uh, an experienced pastor, preacher, professor. He is also the author of a huge and in-depth study of the atonement. It's, uh, the title is The Extent of the Atonement, and he's also the author of a shorter book that is, I would say, more popular in, in AIM, but it will be released on April the 1st, The Atonement, A Biblical Theological Historical Study of the Cross of Christ. And yes, it's going to be re- uh, released on April 1st, but you are no fool if you run out and grab a copy of Dr. Allen's new book. Dr. Allen, welcome to Preaching Source. Thank you, Dr. McCarty. I'm delighted to be here today. All right, you you have written. I mean, how how many pages is the extent of the atonement? Eight hundred and forty-two pages. Eight hundred and forty-two pages. That's a big book. That's <laughs> that's a book, and that's a doorstop as Ten well. Ten years in the making. <laughs> Ten years in the making. So, what led to your academic interest in the doctrine of the atonement? Well, of course, first of all, I was a pastor for twenty-one years of two churches, and in regular preaching. Uh, on texts that that either directly or indirectly related to the relate to the atonement, I had uh, developed an interest at that point. But more specifically, academically, my interest developed along about 2006 uh, as I was preparing to deliver uh, a paper at uh, the uh, Whosoever Will conference that was being sponsored at Johnny Hunt's church. Uh, Jerry Vines had asked me to participate in that conference and had asked me to speak on the subject of the extent of the atonement. And so I got interested in it really uh, more from an academic perspective at that point, uh, delivered that paper in 08. In 2010, I co-edited the book, Whosoever Will, a biblical and theological uh, critique of five-point Calvinism with Dr. Steve Lemke of New Orleans Seminary. And my chapter in that book was an expansion of my paper at that conference. My chapter was on the subject of, of is the atonement universal or is the atonement limited? That, that then led to my interest in pursuing that further. So I spent uh, <laughs> the next uh, uh, eight years working on the full extent of the atonement book, which uh, was published in 2016. Uh, and then, of course, I was interested in the topic, not just the focus on the extent of the atonement, but uh, that got me into the full topic of the atonement. So I've been spending time researching that. And this new book coming out is only 350 pages, much shorter and easier to read. But it covers all aspects of the atonement, uh, not just the extent question, but all aspects of the atonement. Now, I think it would be helpful for pastors and students, general readers, and, and hopefully scholars as well. All right. How has your study on the atonement affected your own preaching? Well, in the last uh, 10 or so years, uh, what I have learned is to be a bit more nuanced in uh, expressing all that was happening on the cross to the best that we as human beings can discern 
uh, what happened there when Christ died for our sins during that six-hour period. Of course, during the height of that, the Lord shrouded that in darkness. Uh, you know, and the great hymn writer put it, None of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed, nor how dark was the night the Lord passed through ere he found his sheep that was lost. You know, the, the depth of the atonement can never be plumbed by the human mind fully. But to discover the fact, to me, the greatest discovery or re- realization, I suppose I always knew it academically, but, but really uh, effectively thinking it through, the fact that the work of Christ on the cross is the full work of the Trinity, that Jesus' death on the, on the cross is an act, a Trinitarian act, involving God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that has really helped me to, uh, to preach the atonement from a Trinitarian perspective, which is the way it should be preached. Wow. What, what are the major texts that a preacher should study to, to have a firm grasp of the atonement? Well, I would say in the Old Testament, you want to think through the Passover uh, text, you know, there in Exodus 12, and you want to think through uh, the uh, sacrificial system of the, the Mosaic law, uh, that involved the sacrificial system in Leviticus, but particularly Leviticus 16. You want to look at the Day of Atonement uh, and what was happening there and let that become the foundation to move you to Isaiah 53. Uh, the capstone text on the subject of the atonement in the Old Testament, I would say, would be uh, Isaiah, the famous Isaiah 53 passage. And uh, we discover there, uh, not only in that text, but with New Testament glasses on the way Jesus himself referred to that text at the Last Supper, identifying himself as the suffering servant in Isaiah 53. And I think that's the, the crucial text in the Old Testament, uh, those, those key texts culminating in Isaiah 53. Now, in the New Testament, I think there are two or three uh, key texts. There are several that address the atonement in either a short fashion or one or two verses, some aspect of it is mentioned. But the passages uh, that really address the atonement uh, in more depth, uh, in the most depth, I think are found in two of the Pauline letters. I think number one, the most important New Testament text is Romans 3, 21 through 26. I think that's the foundational uh, New Testament text uh, that deals more in-depth uh, theologically with what was happening on the cross involving God the Father as well as uh, God the Son. I would say that one is foundational. And number two, I would say 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 through 21, particularly verses 18 through 21, the focus there. I think that also is a very crucial text that speaks to uh, what was God doing in Christ on the cross. And I would consider those two to be the two major uh, dominant texts that, that one really needs to work through uh, in their theology of the atonement, and especially if you were going to preach a series uh, on the subject of the atonement, more of a theological uh, series or doctrinal series, those two would be crucial to treat. All right, let, uh, thinking of both the Old Testament text that you mentioned and the New Testament text, do you have any practical guidance for, for the preacher who wants to preach those texts? Well, uh, what I might say is uh, consider doing a series of sermons on the doctrine of the atonement. Uh, 
and uh, do at least six. You could do eight. You could do 12. Uh, but if you did six, you could address the foundation. The New Testament foundation is the Old Testament. And you could address uh, uh, the Passover. Uh, you might do an entire sermon on what's happening there in the Passover. In uh, I believe it's Exodus 12. And then you can address the uh, Day of Atonement uh, in Leviticus 16. And then you can move to Isaiah 53. And you can do those three sermons uh, out of the Old Testament focused on the atonement. They can be... Uh, uh, they would be. They can still be expositional, text-driven uh, uh, sermons, but deal with those texts, and then move to the New Testament. And uh, you might choose something out of the Gospels. The pastor, if he wanted to be more diversified, but if he wanted to focus in directly uh, on the more of the theology of the atonement, I would go to Romans three. Uh, 21 through 26, that could be a key sermon. And then I would do 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21 for sure. And and then, you know, you've got several other atonement texts you could round that six series, uh, that six sermon series out with 1 John 2, 1 through 2, uh, 1 Timothy 2, 4 through 6, uh, any number of those uh, texts. Uh, would be very appropriate for the atonement as well, or maybe something like the great Christological text, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Um, any of those might might be good, but you could do at least a six-part, a six-sermon series on the atonement. Now, you could expand that, eight or ten or even a dozen, but I would say at least those six I deal with each text. You get three out of the Old and three out of the New. You get the balance, show how the Old Testament leads to the New Testament, how Christ is the fulfillment of the sacrificial system, how it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins, as the author of Hebrews says. By the way, there's some good atonement texts in Hebrews as well uh, that one could choose from. So uh, those would be some of the things I might consider if I were doing a, a, going to do a series of sermons on the atonement. All right. Beyond those specific texts that deal with the atonement, how does a correct grasp of the biblical doctrine of the atonement, how does that enhance uh, all of a pastor's preaching in well, general un- terms? A- absolutely. Crucial question. Understanding the atonement as substitutionary and as penal substitution for sins, I think, is crucial. This is a, an, a part of my new book uh, that I develop at length. Uh, I am totally committed to the fact that the atonement of Christ, I believe the biblical uh, teaching on the atonement is that it is a substitutionary work of Christ, uh, and it, it is therefore vicarious, and it is penal. It, there is a penal aspect to the atonement. Now, there are, there are many today even some within the evangelical world who are very cautious and uncomfortable with the concept of a penal substitutionary atonement. And then, and then of course, you get those outside of the, of the uh, evangelical world who are just also ho- critical and some even hostile to the concept of a penal substitutionary atonement. But I trace the history of the study of the doctrine of the atonement uh, in this new book, 
And I find there's clear evidence of understanding the, the atonement in a penal substitutionary way, not only biblically from the text of Scripture, which is the foundation of our doctrine, but from the earliest church fathers on through. Uh, the concept of a penal substitutionary atonement was not invented by John Calvin. Now, it was taught, clearly taught by John Calvin, and Calvin took it to a level no one else had really developed it, and Calvin, uh, we sh that's one reason we should be very grateful for the work of John Calvin. But he did not actually invent uh, the concept of a penal substitution. That, the concept of, of some form of a penal substitutionary atonement actually goes all the way back <clears throat> to the church fathers. And knowing that and recognizing the biblical foundation of that, I think is crucial for our preaching on the cross because uh, it, it lends uh, that biblical authority and that biblical passion that Christ died in my place, in my place. And I think through what some of the great, like Leon Morris, who wrote on the doctrine of the atonement, and my favorite book is uh, it's still John Stott's book, The Cross of Christ. That's my favorite book on the atonement. It's absolutely uh, superb. And uh, these guys say talk about how if, we, if we're going to deny the substitutionary and even the penal substitutionary nature of the atonement, then what are we preaching? You know, what, what do we have left? What is the cross about if it's not God in my place dying for my sins, receiving the just punishment? And isn't that the foundation that God uh, allows us to be reconciled to himself? I believe that's what Paul very clearly teaches in Romans 3, 21 through 26. All right, the doctrine of atonement. I mean, th this is one of the deep parts of theology, and I mean, you it took you over 800 pages to write on one specific aspect of the atonement, and I mean, plus it's full of footnotes <laughs> and, and a bibliography. Um, what, what would you say to somebody who might be reticent about wading into such a deep theological topic with ordinary folks in their con congregation. What, what advice do you have there? Well, I think the key to that would be summarizing uh, the biblical teaching on the doctrine of the atonement. Yes, it is a deep subject. My book on the extent of the atonement was focused specifically on that question, and three-fourths of that book, uh, well, at least two-thirds of that book, is a historical analysis. It's really historical theology, uh, how that subject developed and was discussed and debated within church history. And then uh, the back third of the book, uh, uh, particularly the last uh, chapter, gets into, well, what, why does this matter? What does it matter for preaching? What does it matter for evangelism? What does it matter for missions? And the very practical stuff comes at that point. Yes, it is a deep topic, and there is so much written on it. I mean, it's an ocean of, of material available on the atonement. But this is the heartbeat. This is the, the crux, the center, the heart of Christianity. The cross of Christ is the center. And so pastors and teachers have to have a grasp and they have to pay the price to get the grasp on that. Now, they don't have to begin with, with the long stuff like the, what I've written on the extent of the atonement. You know, you can begin with shorter works. Uh, you know, pick up Alistair McGrath's book, What Was God Doing on the Cross? A little short paperback. It's a very helpful book. Get Martin Lloyd-Jones's uh, uh, book called The Cross, which is some of his sermons on that subject. Or pick up Adam Johnson's book, Atonement, A Guide for the Perplexed, a newer 
work on the subject of the atonement. And of course, don't miss John Stott. I've already mentioned, but early on in your reading, uh, read Stott's The Cross of Christ. These kinds of things are, are books that are not beyond the level of of uh, lay people, pastors, uh, and and would be helpful as, in conjunction with your study of Scripture and the regular commentaries on the text of Scripture that you're preparing to preach on to develop a good, solid knowledge of what the what's happening uh, with the atonement. And by the way, I might mention that the atonement itself, theologically, the word has to do with specifically with what Christ was doing on the cross when he died. He was making an atonement for sins. The broader category of soteriology, the doctrine of salvation, includes the atonement, but it includes so much more, including the application of the atonement and what God does in, in reconciliation, justification, sanctification, glorification. All of these things are directly connected to the atonement, but the actual atonement itself is specifically what God was doing through Christ on the cross. That's the atonement, and I bring all of that out early on in my book. All right, you, you've mentioned a number of other specific doctrines and areas of theology that are also related to the atonement. But So right. how does a, a preacher unpack all these things without uh, ending up sounding like a a theology lecture to the average <laughs> church member. Right. How do you do that? Well, as you as you take the text for sermons, let's just let's, let's limit ourselves to the preaching as you're asking. Uh, a sermon needs to have a text, and it needs to be the development of a text, hence text-driven preaching. Now, there will be theology there in the text that one develops, the concept of uh, the nature of sin, for example. What is it that Christ is what's the nature of sin? What does that mean? Why is there an atonement in the first place, which leads to why is there an incarnation? There has to be an incarnation in order for there to be an atonement, and all of that hangs together. And so you, you get involved. You, you have to address those things, but you, cannot, you don't want to go too deeply, especially with theological terminology. And that's why I think uh, books like what McGrath does in his book, What Was God Doing on the Cross? That's a very helpful book for preachers who want to preach on the atonement and want to explain, well, what does it mean to say Christ satisfied for sins on the cross? What does it mean that sins were imputed to Christ on the cross, and how then, once we believe, is his righteousness imputed to us? You know, how does that work? And those are the kinds of things that one can treat without uh, going too far into the theological jungle, uh, where you get lost in the, the weeds and the deep, dark jungle of it all, the theology of it all. But nevertheless, some of that does have to be covered, the importance and nature of substitution. The fact that we approach God through the uh, substitutionary sacrifice, the necessity of the shedding of blood, and the fact that the atonement has to be made by one who is in the nature of those who have sinned. That's why it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to ultimately take away sin, which is why the Old Testament sacrificial system was symbolic and preparatory. And that's why the uh, concept of, of the suffering servant of Isaiah 53, the actual final atonement in God's plan was is to be made by a human being, but not just an ordinary human being. It's made That atonement is made by the God-man, the one who is the second member of the Trinity, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is fully God and fully man. And so these, there are ways to communicate these things without 
getting lost in the weeds, so to speak. Now, that doesn't happen accidentally. As you know, I'm fond of saying clarity has to be crafted, and we won't accidentally be clear on the subject of the atonement, but it is so crucial today. People need to know what it means. We do need to wade into the deep water, uh, yet uh, helping people to learn how to swim in the process so they don't drown. All right, in, in answering that last question, I mean, you were, you were parked on an essentially New Testament topic, but you were reaching back for strands in the Old Testament, and you answered my first question today. Uh, when you answered that, you moved very easily and very naturally between a set of Old Testament text and New Testament text. How, I, I get the impression that the doctrine of the atonement helps a preacher, that one of the added benefits is that it helps a preacher see the continuity between the Old Testament and New Testament. Is that a correct impression? That's that's exactly right. One of the best ways to connect the two is to do a careful study of the book of Hebrews. And as you know, that's my favorite book, and I love preaching from the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews uh, connects the Old Testament with the New Testament on the subject of what was Christ doing on the cross. He is both, Jesus, in fulfillment of Psalm 110.1, which is the key text of the book of Hebrews. What was Jesus doing on the cross? Well, he is both our sacrifice for sins and our high priest. He fulfills both roles in the Old Testament. He is the sacrificial lamb or the sacrificial goat or the animal, but he is also the high priest who brings the worshiper to God on the basis and on the grounds of the shed blood of the sacrifice. And thus, the book of Hebrews connects the two. Um, One might say you could just do a series of sermons, preach through the book of Hebrews, and, and just bring out all that's talked about in the connections of the Old Testament, the Davidical Day of Atonement, the high priestly work of Christ, uh, on the cross and all of, and then his intercessory ministry in heaven. Hebrews addresses all of that. The finality of the cross of Christ is the key part of the uh, central doctrinal section of Hebrews, uh, specifically 8.1 through 10.18. And so that will help a person to connect Old Testament and New Testament together. The book of Hebrews does that uh, probably more so than any other book. We've been talking about preaching the atonement with Dr. David Allen, dean of the School of Preaching at Southwestern, and uh, his uh, new book, uh, ready to be released on April the 1st, The Atonement, a Biblical, Theological, and Historical Study of the Cross of Christ. It's going to be released by uh, B&H Publishing on April the 1st, and I'm thinking I'd be a fool not to run out and buy a (laughs) copy of Dr. Allen's new book, Thank you so much for being with us on Preaching Source. Oh, thank you, Dr. McCarty. It's been a pleasure.